Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Disciple Henson Podcast. Before I introduce this week's episode, I want to recognize some of our loyal listeners. Jeff Bentley, shout out to you, man. Well done in being the first to listen to the 100th episode of Disciple Henson and letting us know how much you love Dr. Jeff Chang and Charles H. Spurgeon. Uh, well done. And then for the children's ministry training episode, well done to Gata Edwards and Dulcia Jim, um, who were the first to take the quiz, I believe. Hopefully you guys got your prizes in the mail. Keep on listening. We'll maybe have more prizes to come. Uh, Brian Lewis actually made stickers uh, for the Disciple Henson podcast. So we got maybe swag coming DHP for Disciple Henson podcast. And with that, I want to introduce our guest for today. It is Jeff Wollstenhume, pastoral assistant here. You want to be praying for Jeff as he considers what's next for him and his family as he looks at an associate pastor position at Bethany Baptist Church in Bethany, Oregon, there on the west side with Trevor Binkley. Um, I wanted to get a chance, uh, maybe our last chance to have Jeff on the episode and uh, talk about the subject of affliction, particularly in relation to Hebrews 12. So I hope you're edified and encouraged by the episode. All right, Jeff Wollstenhume. Welcome back to the Disciple Henson Podcast. How does it feel? Uh, it's a privilege. You're looking honor. great, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, Jeff Chang, a different Jeff, yes. started this podcast. A better looking Jeff. He uh, enjoyed McDonald's. Your thoughts on McDonald's? Uh, McDonald's fries are amazing if you can eat them within the first five minutes. Otherwise, they just get lodged in your body and cannot escape. Sounds like a personal problem. We're moving on. <laughs> uh, Jeff. Uh, one of the things that the other Jeff started us on uh -huh. is talking about sanctification using Jerry Bridges' book, The Discipline of Grace, a book that we have regularly recommended as an excellent book. Uh, we are in the last chapter, and we want to talk about some of those things that Jerry Bridges talks about, and the last chapter is on affliction. You did the last chapter on watchfulness. Yes, I Have did. you been watchful since then? I have sought to be watchful. Good. So you can go back and listen to, to Jeff, although you've gotten a lot better at talking since that last uh, episode. What do you mean? Like before when you're on the podcast, it was kind of like having a, a little baby on the podcast. It's like a lot of gurgling <laughs> noises. Maybe because you were getting ready to have a baby yeah, and you were trying to baby. Yeah. And so now I'm just too tired to gurgle. Congratulations Thank on you. the on the ba baby William. Yes. William yeah. Wollstenhume. William Wollstenhume. Middle, yeah, he's been fun. Is the middle name a W too? The middle name is not. It's an L. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you think about the W for a middle name? We did. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I that, thought William Wallace Wollstenhume, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. just too many jokes to be made. Yeah. Well, it would have maybe helped him if he ever wanted to have his own website or something. That's true. All right. So we're going to talk about adversity. That's a great... That I prepared that transition. Um, we're going to talk about adversity. So enduring hardship as discipline... Um, and one of the texts that we're going to be particularly thinking about together is Hebrews 12. Although, you know, the whole Bible is yours, yes. Jeff. Feel free to point us wherever you think would be helpful. Uh, let's just start off with uh, thinking about this more theologically. Mm -hmm. And then we want to talk about it from your own experience mm -hmm. and how you sought to think about these truths in your own life. Yeah. Sound good? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is God's purpose for us in adversity and hardship? What would, how would you answer that question? God's purpose. Yeah, I mean, I think we're looking at Hebrews 12 uh, in verse 10. He said, 
that speaking of God, God disciplined we for a short time based on seemed, what seemed good to them, speaking of earthly fathers. But God does it for our benefit so that we can share his holiness. So, so clearly the goal of all discipline uh, is for our, for our holiness so that we would grow in our likeness of who God is. Okay, so that's Hebrews 12.10. Basically, you said uh, the goal or God's purpose in in the adversity and hardship that he brings into his, our lives is to make us holy. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're thinking when you're going through a hard time? Like, <laughs> sweet, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm becoming more holy. I'm so glad about this. So uh, it's, uh, it's kind of yes and no. There uh-huh. is an aspect of recognizing that God is in control of all things. So any adversity that comes my way is, is from the hand of God. Mm. Um, but in the midst of adversity, usually what I'm thinking is this is awful. Like this is hard and, and painful. And I just want to get beyond this because this is not enjoyable. You know, you count down the days of getting beyond that moment. But it's, it's, so it's both and. It's knowing that actually God's the one who's in control uh, and, and he's going to see us through, he's going to see me through this adversity. And recognizing that that idea of holiness is another way we could say is goodness, that um, everything God does for us is to make us holy, but also it's for our good. So, so there is a sense that I'm recognizing, okay, I don't understand this, but this adversity is actually for my good. And, and again, it's, it's in ways I don't, my, maybe don't understand in the moment. Maybe I'll understand later. Maybe I won't understand until I uh, join God in heaven. But recognizing that, yeah, all, all adversity is for for my good, even though it's it's hard and painful. And Jeff, speak a little bit from personal experience here. So, um, what have been some hardships that you have gone through? That yeah, very, that very thing you just described. I mean, you know, we could I could point to a lot of examples. I think it's important, even up front, to recognize that there's there's small adversities, everyday adversities in life. Uh, but then, but then thinking of some of the harder ones, the larger ones, um, Tessa and I, my wife, Tessa and I have, have had four miscarriages and, and I remember the very first one because it's, it brings all these emotions that you're, you're not ready for, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't, you don't realize you had these thoughts, these expectations of life and how it's going to go until, until it's disrupted and upended. Uh, but one of the things that, that got us through the first one and, and all, all the ones fr- subsequent to that was this recognition that God is in control. And we, we had had a successful pregnancy before the first miscarriage. And so we realized God was both faithful to bring Corey, our oldest, to us. And God's also faithful in that he has taken away this first child, this first, in, the, in this first miscarriage. And, and that was, a, it didn't make things easy, but it brought us comfort knowing that you know, the God who both blessed us also afflicted us uh, because he would see us through that affliction. Um, but yeah, I mean, all, all of those have been extremely painful and, and, but knowing that we can trust God in the midst of it has brought us a lot of comfort. I really appreciate you sharing about that, Jeff. Um, I have a couple follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, um, for someone who has experienced a miscarriage, mm-hmm. but has not been able to have a successful pregnancy, so they don't have any children oh, yeah. and then they yeah. have a miscarriage. How, like, how would you think about, uh, counseling, helping a, a friend in that situation? Mm-hmm. What, what truths would you seek that, to remind them of in mm-hmm. that, in that time? Or how would you just come alongside them? 
Yeah, uh, I, th- I think that's a really good qualify or follow up question uh, because from for someone in that situation, and we and we know we have friends that are in that situation that have not been able to have a successful pregnancy in the sense that they they were able to d- deliver a baby, you know, full term. Uh, so much of it is just coming alongside them, recognizing that this hurts, this is painful. Uh, that's not the moment where I open up my Bible and talk about the goodness of God. It's it's a moment where I I sit with them and cry with them and and um, talk about the the pain of loss, uh, and then just and pray with them and encourage them to continue to pray and to give themselves to that to that work of um, entrusting themselves to God. That's really helpful. Uh, this I'm I'm really not making a joke here. This is not the time <laughs> for joking, but um. It's so serious question. Yeah. Uh, what if you can't cry with a friend? Cause we hear that a lot. And right, I just had that right. thought. I was like, what if you're not right? Cause I've been in that situation yeah. where I, for whatever reason, yeah. like I have a friend who is in deep suffering yeah. and I want to mourn with them, but like, I literally can't cry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's the, you don't fake it. Right. There's no faking it. No, I, I don't think people are looking for, you know, an emotional response, I, mm-hmm. right? They're looking for you to be with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not someone who's going to cry necessarily when I'm sitting with someone who's going through immense pain, but, but man, I can sit with them, right. I put my hand on their shoulder and I can just feel with them. And that might not lead to, to crying, but that's just the ministry of presence, right? Just being next to them and not getting up, you know, uh, so, so often I think when people are dealing with suffering, people will not reach out and they often say, I, I didn't know what to say, right? Maybe they were feeling that the insecurity you're talking about where I, I couldn't mourn with them, but we, Tess and I especially appreciate when people just reached out, asked us how we're doing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, so much of when people are going through suffering is just knowing that others haven't forgotten about them because, you know, we, so we would lose a baby and for the first few weeks, everyone's really good, really intentional, mm-hmm. reaching out to us. Uh, but then the months go by and we're still dealing with this loss, but everyone else has moved on. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, right? Because mm-hmm. because that's just how life works. But it's remembering that those who are going through suffering continue to suffer. And we need to be people who even five, six months down the road, a year later, two years later are asking, hey, how are you doing with those losses? Or, how, mm-hmm. or, or whatever the suffering may be, whether it's chronic illness or whether it's some other type that someone's lost their job, uh, life isn't turning out how they hoped, right? Long-term singleness. Or just checking in every so often with people who are suffering in different ways because they continue to feel that even though we've in one sense moved on because we're, you know, we're dealing with our own stuff, right? We're dealing with our own suffering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, we quickly started talking about your suffering and hardship mm-hmm. that you yourself have, have gone through and whether it be uh, losing a child or what we were talking about earlier today, which was also difficult, but in a much different way, um, being mocked in middle school, yeah. like, uh, or if it's just frustrations like uh, a car that won't start when, and mm-hmm. you need to get to a meeting or something. Mm-hmm. Um, are these things from God? Like, are, are, is this the kind of discipline that God is talking about in Hebrews 12? Like, are, are these things like a miscarriage, being mocked, car that won't start, these examples of yeah. the, Lord dis, the Lord's discipline in our lives? Is that what it's, Hebrews 12 is talking about? Let me ask the question a little yeah. bit differently. Uh, yeah. Are those things from God? Yes. Okay. So how, how do we, how do we think about that? To go back to our first question, mm-hmm. what, why has God brought those things into our lives? Like, what do we know theologically about, about that? Well, we know theologically that God has promised suffering. 
Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. we will, just as Christ suffered, we also will suffer. Uh, and so those those hardships that we go through are are both are yes they come from God, but they're also a natural part of sin in this life. Mm -hmm. Because of sin, we are going to there is going to be troubles and there's going to be suffering. And there's an area of which, yes, this is God bringing it upon us, but also um, it's, it's the natural part of life is that we will, we will suffer in this life. How would we relate suffering and discipline to one another? Because I think sometimes when bad things happen to us, any one of those three things that like examples that I mentioned, um, we might think that God is punishing us because, mm -hmm. you know, we did some, we did some, some sin in the past and now kind of. It's coming back to bite us. Yeah. Is that how we should be thinking about how our relation? No, I mean, that's, that is thinking of, of God's discipline in a punitive way. Like a, a parent might be with their child, right? The child hits their sibling. And so the child is punished because of the wrong act. Uh, but what we know as Christians is that all punishment for our sins against God uh, were given and placed upon Christ on the cross. You know, so the gospel answers that question. Am I, am I being punished for my, for what I've done? What Christ has already suffered our punishment for us. Uh, so no, God does not just directly punish us because of the sins we commit, but there is a sense in which God brings discipline upon us, um, because, uh, the fact that we are sinners. And he is trying to make us into himself, into his image, right? He's trying to make us more holy, make us more like Christ. In the way that, and the way that we do that, and the way that he does that is is through adversity. Hmm. Uh, it's it's not just when life goes well, right? It's it's actually through the pains of life that draws to Christ, that draws to himself. Uh, and so he uses those things so that we will not attach to this world any longer, but attach ourselves to Christ. You know, one sense, uh, and, and I'm just using the miscarriage as another example, that was the reminder to us, God's in control of all things, both good and bad. Mm -hmm. And that deepened our love for him because we could trust him in the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it seems as if w what you're saying in part is that suffering and affliction it comes from God. It's this kind of big, larger set. Mm -hmm. And within that is uh, a purpose that the Lord has of, of discipline, but not all suffering is discipline or not mm -hmm. all discipline is suffering. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So, well, yeah. Cause I mean, as Christians, we see discipline as both, um, correctional and, uh, like j just the normal acts of discipleship, right? Like the way that we encourage and teach one another. Right. Um, so we, there's also a form of discipline that is punishment as well. Okay. Okay. So how should we, how, well, so then it, it might be difficult for some Christians to think of the Lord as disciplining us. They have a negative connotation with discipline. We've, we've talked, we've thought on this podcast before about church discipline, but that's uh -huh. not what we're talking about here. We're talking about God disciplining his children as it talks about in Hebrews 12. Mm -hmm. um, what are, what are some improper ways to respond to that discipline that the Lord brings mm -hmm. into our lives? Improper ways. Yeah. Improper ways. Well, I think, I think one of the improper ways we do it is we overly rationalize it, right? So this is something I did. Therefore God's bringing this, you know, calamity upon me. 
or also overly spiritualizing it. Oh yeah, this is totally from God, right? So we mm-hmm. kind of fall off the horse on both sides there. Uh, rather seeing it as a means that God is using to grow us in holiness. Uh, we're, you're looking right now, I think at the, the Hebrews 12 verse six, right? Um, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. So I, I think we need to be reminded that God has accepted us and therefore, all the, the adversity, all the suffering that we experience in this life is meant to draw us closer to him. Um, we're not necessarily meant to explain all of it or understand all of it. Uh, another, I think, improper reason would, would a response would be to give up. Hmm. Right? That's the, the encouragement at the beginning of this section, Hebrews 12, 3. Consider him, meaning Jesus, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself so that you won't grow weary and give up. You know, we are called to persevere and we're called to persevere because Christ persevered. So, I mean, if we're to give up in the midst of adversity, what we're saying in effect is that my adversity is greater than the adversity that Christ experienced. We're placing ourselves above our Savior who, who didn't deserve the adversity that he experienced. He didn't deserve the suffering. Uh, and, and in many ways, you know, we do. So, so if we give up, then we have really forsaken what God has called us to, which is, which is right there in Hebrews 12. Do not give up. That's really helpful. I, I appreciate how you use the context surrounding kind of these this direct instruction for Christians on discipline. Um, and then uh, one thing that you alluded to is Hebrews twelve five, where the author of Hebrews is quoting from Proverbs twelve, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, or rather Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 3. three eleven and twelve, not to take it, not to take the Lord's discipline lightly or to lose heart. Mm-hmm. And I think losing heart relates to what you were saying earlier about giving up, um, yep. and uh, or just thinking this is not a big deal. Or, but you know, it's, it is, it is a strange thing to think about discipline coming from the Lord when it comes in the form of something that's painful and, 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 uh, how, how would you respond to a friend who kind of struggles with that idea? I'm sure you've had friends or family who are like, I can't believe that, that how can, I mean, it's so troubling on so many levels that a bad thing in my life a painful thing could come from the Lord. How would you help that friend or how would you talk through that? Yeah. I think, uh, I think and with any question that we're given from someone, especially dealing with God and who he is, I think I want to first start with figuring out, is there something else going on in their life? Like, where is this question coming from? Now, my kids ask random questions that really have no background or basis. Um, like can, can God, uh, let, let's see, my son will, will ask, uh, does God have a beard? Right. Or uh, does God get hungry or right? There's, but these questions that we get from each other usually have something that's going on in someone's life. Maybe they're currently going through suffering or they're reflecting on the suffering they've been through and they're trying to figure out how do I make sense of the things that I've been through? So depending on how they answer that question might go back to what we were talking about earlier. I might just need to stop and pray. That sounds mm-hmm. really hard. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't want to try and give answers right there because if they're in the midst of suffering, then it's not the time to be changing their theology, right? It's, it's just a time to be sitting there and praying with them. Mm-hmm. But if they're really just struggling with this biblical idea of, of God as the one who brings disaster or, you know, suffering, well, I, I just, I want to bring them to scripture, right? Because I want to say, okay, I understand how your senses are. It doesn't feel good, but, but what does God's word have to say? I think a great verse, just to name one, is Isaiah 45, 7. God says, I form light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. 
I, the Lord, do all these things. You know, I want to help people understand there are times that the Bible has hard truths for us to accept, and they don't always make total sense to our senses, but this is what God has revealed himself as to us. This is who he says he is. We should believe him and we should trust him uh, when, when he says that to us. That's really helpful. So what about um, in Hebrews 12, 6, it says the Lord disciplines mm-hmm. uh, the one he loves. So Hebrews 12, 6a, the Lord disciplines yeah. the one he loves, 6b, and punishes every son he receives. So are these the same thing? Is is the author of Hebrews just saying the same thing twice? I think he is because I think the emphasis is on the other part of the verse, which is the one he loves and the son he receives. Verse 5 he, he starts off before he quotes it. He says, uh, and you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. So first he's saying you are sons. And then he is saying that God, the Lord disciplines the son he loves and punishes every son he receives. With the emphasis being on that those who are part of God's family receive God's discipline. And so I, I think that's a way that the uh, writer in Proverbs is trying to emphasize that acceptance piece of who we are in the Lord. Okay. Okay. So, and, and just for clarity's sake, does God then punish Christians out of his wrath? Is he like angry with us when he's disciplining us? Cause that's often how, when we think of discipline, right. we, we think maybe of at the time that mom or dad got really angry at us when we were a kid and they, or when you and I get angry at our own kids. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say when I get angry at you in the office, <laughs> they start throwing things. Yeah. 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 Just uh, one time, Dan. <laughs> So is it is is that what's happening that God's punishing Christians out of his wrath? No, and I mean that goes back to what we said earlier is that all of the wrath of God was poured out upon Christ. Mm-hmm. That he received the full payment for our sins in our place, right? He all of it on the cross is poured out on him. Our sins as writer Paul says in Colossians were nailed upon the cross. Uh, and so so he has already done all of that. God does not respond in the angry way that I can do with my own kids, right? God uh, responds in a way that is objective and is clear uh, and is not, God is not provoked emotionally like you and I. And, and if you, so that, that can be a hard thing to, to relate to because, um, because discipline and suffering is so, so tied to so many strong emotions that we have, Mm -hmm. but it, it is, it is helpful to think of, of the the patience and the kindness of the Lord and how he actually intends this discipline to to be for our our good mm-hmm. um, and he's not flying off the handle yeah like an out of control dad like you and I can be mm-hmm. um, so what about um, how let's let's go back to how you have thought through suffering in your own mm-hmm. life and we, we see that the Lord is dealing, you know, you, you know, the theological truth that the Lord is treating you as a son. How do you, how do you see him working in you and growing you and maybe even a particular fruit of the Holy spirit through adversity and suffering? I think a lot of the suffering that, that we've, that I personally have gone through has, uh, grown me in faithfulness. You know, will I remain faithful to the Lord? Uh, and that's, that's been seen in, in the bigger suffering that the things we've been talking about dealing with miscarriages, 
Uh, but also just in in the smaller things, maybe maybe um, goals or objectives that I've sought that have not come to fruition, right? And and God's testing is, will you remain faithful even if things are not turning out how you hoped they would? And and He has used that to great effect because it's exposed idols in my own heart, yeah, or, or desires were not realized, um, and it's it's reminded me that in all things God desires my heart, and He desires my love, and and when He uh, brings adversity in my life. It's because he's again, trying to get me to push away from the world and push into him. Hmm. And is there, are there any ways that you feel like, um, you, your suffering has led to, uh, a greater depth, say in your marriage or hmm. in, in friendships and in the body of Christ, a greater dependence on the Lord in community, whether hmm. it be in family or church family? Yeah, I mean, if we can't get angry at one another, like like you and me, uh-huh. uh, and be able to deal with it, uh, then we will actually just always have a fragile relationship. Hmm. Because the moment a relationship dissolves due to adversity, it was hmm. never truly a relationship. Because mm-hmm. we're both sinners. We're both mm-hmm. we're going to sin against one another. Mm-hmm. Just like in my marriage, my wife mm-hmm. and I are going to sin against each other. Mm-hmm. And if that's all it takes to ruin our relationship, then we don't we don't have a true relationship. Uh, so, so in the church, I mean, I, I've experienced that with multiple people where there's been adversity in the relationship and that's, that's actually served to draw us closer to one another. Uh, I see that in the relationship with my children, right? If mm-hmm. I, when I do screw up, uh, to be able to go to them and say, Hey, I'm sorry, dad was, that was not okay for dad to respond that way. Will mm-hmm. you forgive me? Mm-hmm. And just the look on their face, right? When they, when dad asked for forgiveness from them. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the thing is when we see adversity, we, we should embrace it and run into it to, to deepen our relationships with one another. So speaking of, uh, anger, yeah. if we know that the, the, the discipline, the suffering ultimately comes from the Lord, is it legitimate? You talked about, is it legitimate to get angry at, at God? I remember people would tell me that they would say, you know, you can cuss out God cause he can handle it. And, uh, and it sounded good when I was. That's when what was, Michael told you. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And it sounded good, right? It sounded like, oh yeah, God's a big God. He can he can handle that. Uh-huh. But uh, but but recognizing that actually anger is the wrong type of anger is me asserting this idea of justice. God, you have done me an injustice, and therefore hear my wrath, feel my wrath, God, mm-hmm. and. I think so. So the answer is no. I, I don't. I don't think it's legitimate to be angry at God, uh, because what we are called to do is submit to God mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and His chastisements or mm-hmm. whatever they may be in our life. Um, it's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be upset. To lament. To lament. Mm-hmm. God, why? Why mm-hmm. is this happening to me? But it's it's the act of a Christian to to ultimately submit God. Okay, I, I trust you. This is for my holiness, right? This is for my good that you are doing this, even in ways that, that I don't understand. And that can be difficult to get there, absolutely, um, to say the least. And uh, I think every Christian has the experience of in in getting to that place of submitting to the Lord's justice, mm-hmm. struggling um, with being angry at God. But, uh, you know, repenting of that and yeah. recognizing that God isn't beholden to our sense of our personal sense of justice, but he is the, mm-hmm. the God of justice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, 
Finally, Jeff, how does the reality of, of heaven put our suffering in perspective? And I don't even know if you could speak to this from a kind of a personal standpoint, but maybe first theologically, how does how do you think about the reality of eternity, just putting mm. all of this in perspective? Yeah, I mean, I, I've got to first theologically jump to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. And he says, therefore, we do not give up, even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And if the apostle Paul can say that our light momentary affliction, where, you know, seven chapters later in the book of second Corinthians, he's going to lay out all the ways that he has suffered and been afflicted. Well, then, then I can see in my own life. Okay. All of this that I'm going through is, is not because I've gotten a bad, you know, um, deal in life, but it's because God is preparing me for glory. Again, it's that, that life of releasing the things of this world and embracing the things of God. So yeah, so I've had I've seen that in my own life where you know one of the one of the um, uh, unexpected emotions that I felt uh, uh, from our first miscarriage was a loss of a plan. I didn't realize I had this plan of how my family would go and how building a family would be, and it and it was this loss of of okay, it's not going to be the way I wanted it to. My kids aren't going to be as close in age as they as I wanted them to be, uh, and it's trusting that God's plan is better and. And, and we could stretch that across all ways that we don't get the things that we want, things that we desire. Uh, it's just to say, God is preparing me for glory. And the things that I'm going through now are preparing me for that day. Mm. Uh, and that's that's the way that we've I've been able to you know recognize it in my own life. And Jeff, one of the ways that it has been so helpful to me is being in a church with brothers and sisters who are helping me put my suffering or the hard times that I'm going through in per, in this eternal perspective, I think one of our tendencies when we are in affliction and suffering is to withdraw. But when we see these words of in Hebrews to endure and to not give up, I think part of that is drawing near to Christ through his body. And I know for me, I'm always helped when going through a hard time, when I see my brothers and sisters mm -hmm. singing songs about heaven mm -hmm. and, and praising God for who he is and not necessarily just being happy with him in the good times. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you've been an example to me, brother, of, of praising God and thanking him even during hard times. And Thank you. thanks for having this conversation today. Absolutely.